My mentee was asking me the other day, you know, how does she know the next best step to do? I'm like, you do know. You think you don't. But the fact that you don't know means the next best step might be a Google search. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with personal finance educator, the budget nista, Tiffany Aliche herself. She says sometimes that project you're working on just isn't ready to be realized. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. In honor of Financial Literacy Awareness Month, I wanted to invite my girl, Tiffany, the budget nista, Aliche, to drop some wisdom. And I thought we were going to focus on finance. I really did. But what we really got into was so much more about purpose, as you can tell, reoccurring theme around here. If you are new here, here's what you should know. This is not your traditional personal finance show. We believe around here that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We actually believe in the original definition of wealth, which says it's the condition of well-being. And so every week we seek to unpack these six pillars that I've created, the six pillars of wealth, which really just show us all the areas of life that actually impact our finances. And so, yes, I'm interviewing my girl, the budget nista today, because she's coming out with a brand new book, Happy Birthday, Molly Moore, which is for children. So all the parents, educators, aunties, uncles, grandparents, this is for you. Happy Birthday, MollyMoore.com is where you can get your copy. But listen... What I really love about this conversation is that it speaks to how we feel sometimes in the middle of a journey. And sometimes we don't recognize until we look back that maybe something wasn't ready to be realized at the time we first idealized the concept. Is that a word? Because I liked how it flowed. You know what I'm saying? At the first moment that you have the idea, it's not always ready to be pursued or it's not always ready to hit publish. And I admire Tiffany so much, but I love the transparency that she has about this story in particular in her birthing, this children's book, which is all about bringing financial awareness to our little ones. It's like pre-financial literacy for the babies and toddlers. And the whole thing is dope. I'm just going to jump right into the episode. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you're not an entrepreneur, but you've had a passion project, you have something that's been put on your heart, I want you to really listen to this episode. I do believe it's going to be a blessing. So let me give you Tiffany's official bio. Tiffany, the budget nista Aliche is a personal finance educator. And through her Live Richer movement, she's helped over 1 million women save, manage, and pay off millions of dollars. A former preschool teacher for 10 years with a master's degree in education, Tiffany was instrumental in getting the Budget Nista Law, A1414, passed in January 2019, making financial education mandatory for middle school students in New Jersey. Now she's back helping even the little babies get their financial literacy on with her newest venture, a children's book called Happy Birthday, Molly Moore. Without further ado, here's my girl, Tiffany Aliche. 
Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Tiffany. Hey, Patrice. Thank you for having me. Girl, this has been a long time coming. <laughs> I know. You came to visit me at Brown Ambition, our podcast with Mandy. And so it's only right I have to come on over here. But wait a minute. Do you know how many people still tell me, I just heard you on Brown Ambition? I'm like, <laughs> yes. Honestly, it's one of you and Lynette, our very financial godmother, our, our top two like most popular um, episodes. Really? Mm-hmm. I hear people all the time, like like we did it yesterday. They're like, I just heard you on Brown and Vision. It was like, like three years ago. Yes. I'm like, well, praise the Lord is still going strong. Well, yes. That is awesome. Um, I am so excited to finally have an opportunity. So when I wrote out my wish list for redefining wealth, mm-hmm. now what seems many moves ago, but in 2017, you were always on my list. Like, I gotta get Tiffany, I gotta get Tiffany. But I'm so glad that is just kind of like coming together now. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's Financial Literacy Awareness Month, Mm -hmm. but it's also such a big time for you because you're like launching a new book, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. But I just love that. Even you saying that you had me on Brown Ambition, the thing that I've always loved about us is when I was first introduced to the Budget Nista concept, somebody said, here's your competition. Uh, I remember you told me that, yeah. Yeah. And I reached out. I was like, she's not my competition. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even... That didn't even occur to me. I instantly thought we would be complimentary. Mm -hmm. And to combat that, do you remember I reached out because I wanted to review? And you did the book, yep. Mm -hmm. I reviewed the budget, yep, for um, the one week budget for Mm -hmm. a website I was writing for back then. And it was years before we would meet in person. Mm -hmm. But I just love that there's always been that like back and forth of support, which is what when we when we sat on the stage, we always said we need to take this show on the road. I mean, rarely, because you know what it's like to be a good speaker, you know? Yeah. So sometimes you're, you know, and you're on the panel and you're like, okay, I see, I gotta be putting people on my back. We're gonna, <laughs> we gonna make it. But I love sharing a stage with you because we slay a stage. I felt so bad for that little man that was on stage with us. We were like, oh, oh. it's not, yeah, it's not, you're not, you're not, you're not finna really get in between this. It's like, honestly, yeah, I, there's a, there are very few people because it's easy to call yourself whatever, but there are very few people who know how to communicate and touch other people in person. And you are one of the few people that I'm like, yo, Patrice lays the stage. And when I'm with you, it elevates just like what I bring to the table. Oh, I received that. I love that. And there, there definitely has been a couple of times. We're not saying don't invite us to your events. We're just yeah. saying, <laughs> be clear about who you putting on the stage on the panel. Yes. Like, make sure that we're all evenly yoked, you know? <laughs> So I know that there are so many uh, purpose chasers here that are also dream catchers because they always tell me. Mm -hmm. So I want to go back a little bit, Tiffany. Um, Everyone knows my little come to Jesus crying on the bathroom floor story. What Mm -hmm. was that defining moment that created the budget Nista? So it had to be when my, I used to be a preschool teacher for over 10 years and it was 2009, just when the recession was really starting to peak. And honestly, my friends were losing their jobs. And I was like, ooh, sucks to be you, girl. Because teachers don't lose their jobs. (laughs) Until I lost mine. (laughs) And the truth is, I actually was kind of relieved and scared at the same time. Because I already kind of knew it was time for me to leave anyway. But I wasn't ready because I was very comfortable. Teaching three and four-year-olds was so much fun. You know, the money wasn't great, but it was enough for me. And But I knew it was time for me to move on from there. And so... I was terrified because I wasn't really financially ready. And so within a year, I'd lost my house to foreclosure. 
age 30, moved back home with my parents, sleeping on my middle school bed. Age 31, moved in with my sister, slept on her couch for, for a year. Age 32, moved into a room like I just came home, for those of you in the know. Um, so it was a really difficult spread of time. And so definitely it was then that I realized that one, that the only thing I could truly bet on was myself. Because if a teacher can lose her job, you know what I mean? It was like, because I'm actually risk adverse. I think people think that like, oh, as an entrepreneur, you know, like you out here taking risks. Mm-mm. <laughs> I am very risk adverse. But what I started to see as a risk was hoping that someone else was going to take care of my future. And I realized that I had to bet on me. And I was always good at budgeting and savings and, and getting out of debt. And because my father was a CFO and an accountant. So I grew up with these money lessons, like a legit money lessons. Like it's Thursday night, guys. Let me show you how to budget money lessons. And so I took what I learned um, from home and I started to share with other people. And people asked for more and more and more because of the recession, especially people were open to learning about that. So it all came together as as it was supposed to. But at the time when I lost my house, I just remember thinking like, yeah, this is not how 30 is supposed to look. Middle school Mm -hmm. bed back home. You know, it was very, very humbling. And it was like, I would say there's probably a two years of a depression that I kind of fell into because I lost everything. I was in a long-term relationship for like six years. I thought we were going to get married. Instead, we broke up. Um, I just lost everything all at once. And I just remember thinking like, how do I rebuild when I'm a grown woman? I wasn't like I was 21, 22. I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And so that definitely was a scary moment, but we bounced back. You did bounce back. I mean, it's stronger than ever, mm-hmm. right? But I was in that same place right around 2009. And even though I knew that the budgeting, the saving, the the skill set pieces to money management, I actually was decent at, even though I had lost all my money. Me too. Right. And you're like, okay. So, and I also knew that I enjoyed teaching people, not little kids. God bless y'all that teach little <laughs> kids, but I enjoyed teaching people. Right. But what about that voice that I don't know if you heard the voice, but I mm-hmm. heard the voice that was like, ma'am, you're broke. Who's supposed to listen to you? Why mm-hmm. would anybody listen to you? Did you counter any, did you face any of that during yes. the season? Especially because I remember I was hiding the foreclosure for the first year or two. I didn't want to say, cause I thought they're not going to listen to me if they knew. Same. And then I think somehow I got like, because I used to use this uh, system called help a reporter out. And I, sometimes you don't know what, so for those of you listening, it's like this online harrow. It's this online kind of resources that a, um, uh, not interviewers, um, what are those people called? Like a journalist or a yeah. reporter. Mm-hmm. Duh, help a reporter out. Meanwhile, I'm like, <laughs> it's in the name. So they're looking for people to interview. And somehow it was like AOL at the time, back when AOL was actually a thing. And they were asking me all these questions. And I thought to myself, if this continues, someone's going to Google search and figure it out. So you better expose yourself before they expose you. And I did, and I was waiting for the blowback. And instead it was like, oh my gosh, good. And then you know exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I realized that the more that I share, the more people actually thank me for it. Because one, they were like, you and I are not too different. Because if I, if I was financially perfect, it was like, well, of course you could do it because you've never made a mistake. But instead it was like, oh, foreclosure too? Credit card debt? Oh, girl, we sis. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, so how did you fix the thing? And plus two, I could really empathize and lean into, I know how you're feeling because I know how that felt. Yeah. So, and plus two, there was also this voice like, 
I'm sorry to cut you off. There's this voice that that used to tell me like, you have everything you need to succeed. And it was really the voice of God for me then. Whenever I felt like, I remember just really raging against like, yo, I did all the things. I went to school, you know, I went to school again. I bought a house, I tithe, I go to church, I do all the things. And why is it not working? I just kept hearing my Nigerian, I'm Nigerian. My Nigerian name is Adochi, which means God's blessing. And I would hear, Adochi, I've given you everything you need to succeed over and over and over when I doubted and doubted. And I just leaned into that finally. And um, I still doubt these these days. You know, I'm not perfect, but but yeah, it mm-hmm. was like aligning myself with service and leaning into obedience and knowing that I have everything that I need to succeed is what kept me through. Girl, don't say leaning into obedience. They already <laughs> know that's my theme for the year. Just being obedient. And really trying to lean in the first time I hear, you know, because I don't know if you've ever experienced hearing and then you're like, mm-hmm. you didn't mean right now, though. You meant later. You meant mm-hmm. like possibly start that next year. And then that voice is like, no, I need you to go now. You're like, but it's busy right now. Yes. <laughs> right. So obedience, I completely identify with really all of it. So by the time we met, you were budget nista and you were starting to write books (laughs) the baby budget nista i think like literally was just at the cusp right and i mean i was just at the cusp (laughs) money maven like we were two we were just across the country two little peas in a pot yes on the same little struggle Mm -hmm. um but but both with the heart to help other people Mm because as you said i used to tell people i've always been passionate about financial education but my experience gave me compassion for people yes and that compassion is what carries me to this day, right? Like it carries me to this day when someone is sharing their story and their struggle and job loss or any of the number of things. It's like, that's why I have the heart that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I love about how you built your brand is that you still really connected to that teacher in you. Mm -hmm. You flipped the script for a while and you did adults. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) how are you really, how have you been using your story and everything you've been through to really empower women in general. So I, what I realized is I remember, I think Prudential had this study. I think that's what it was called. Like the, um, uh, I think it was like women and money or something like that. And I remember being shocked to see that women make up to 70% of the financial choices in the household, even if she doesn't work. So I thought, well, how is that possible? And then I remember thinking, Hmm, if I wanted a car, Loved it. And my boo want, does not like it. Are we getting the car? Oh, we get in the car. But if he loves it and I hate it, we're not getting the car, even if we're buying his car, you know? And so I thought that's how women, that's how women um, really get to move a family forward when it comes to their finances. And the truth is, I used to talk to quote unquote everyone until um, Facebook came out with analytics. I think it was like when just when the business pages just came, because I didn't know who was listening. And so one day I was like, oh, let me log it. Girl, 99.9%. <laughs> I was like, these men ain't listening, which is right. like, which is fine, you know, but it, they weren't listening to me. And I understand because I'm a woman. So people tend to listen to who they're most like. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I'm talking to quote unquote everyone and women are listening to me. And so let me lean into who's actually listening, which are women. And I know what it feels like to feel hopeless. Um, I, there's, I'm really like an empath. Like I, like, don't you start crying because I'm gonna start crying. You know, if you feel sad, we both feel sad, you know? <laughs> and so it's one of the reasons why I really loved teaching because I have the sense that I want everyone to be okay. 
right? Miss Tiffany used to give all the hugs, everything's going to be fine. And so that spilled over into that's what I want for women that I would see women who I would sit down with and do their budget and they'd be like crying and feeling so bad and beating themselves up. And I just kind of wanted to give every woman a hug to say, girl, just because you mess up with money doesn't make you a mess up. It's not a character flaw. No, you didn't go to money school. How would you know? And so that's really what it is, is that I know I felt this overbearing sense of shame. And what I wanted is for me, it's honestly not about the money. I could have been a natural hair guru. It wasn't that. My end goal is I want you to live a better life. I want you to be okay. And I'm going to use this tool because this seems to be the thing that's motivating you not to be okay. I'm using this tool. But honestly, if, if natural hair did it, I'd be doing that. Mm-hmm. If it was like, you know, I could be the soup lady. Like to me, the, the financial component is, you know, arbitrary. It's like my heart is to really serve women to help them live better lives so they can then radiate to their family. So your whole family lives a better life. And so now you've taken that mission and you're moving that forward to the babies. young kids, the babies, <laughs> back to the babies. It's really full circle. Yes. So you have a new book that is coming out this month mm-hmm. and it's happy birthday, Molly Moore. Yes. Okay, so tell us about this. So you've written all these other books to help people with uh, saving and budgeting Mm -hmm. and doing all the things that your challenges promote. But what made you cross over to just getting back to the babies? The truth is, this is a book that I had already written like 15 years ago in my head. What? Mm -hmm. So when I used to teach preschool, so one of the best ways to kind of illustrate a lesson to a little one is through story and books. Why? Because they can't see their mess. And you're like, little bunny has no friends. Wonder why? Let's see. Oh, bunny doesn't share. And they're like, oh, bunny don't share. Meanwhile, Jaheem, you don't share. (laughs) 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 And so when I was teaching, sometimes the kids would ask me to buy them things or to help them and give them money because they would hear their parents talk about how they were struggling. And I remember thinking, how do I illustrate, you know, like, best money practices in a way that's age appropriate to a three to like four-year-old in a way that made sense. Um, And so I started telling stories about this little girl. I don't even know what her name was back then. I don't think it was Molly. I probably used a a child's name from the class. And I started to tell stories. Then I literally would get together like um, construction paper, stick figures with, with crayon and like write these stories out for them to teach these lessons in the classroom. We would do penny drives where the kids were bringing pennies and we would talk about donating and giving. And for all the pennies we saved every week, we would count them up and what, who can we help and how we would. So if you have a little one, you know that every three and four year old classroom has a job chart where, you know, like, Oh, it's Sarah's turn to set the table and Mark has to, you know, clean up the block area. So I made that job chart an actual job chart and got monopoly money. And they used to get quote unquote paid where $1, mm-hmm. if you did the job, if you did a great job, $0 if you didn't do it. And we would use coffee cans as their quote unquote bank account. So I was like infusing these words into their, into their life, you know? And so I thought like, as I was doing that, I didn't really find too many resources that were age appropriate from three to seven. And it was kind of in my head, this story of Molly Moore and her birthday and how you can use it as an example to teach what I call pre-financial education lessons about less versus more giving, sharing. 
about selfishness. These are all financial education lessons. And um, so I would tell the story. And then I would say after my school closed, I wrote it down like in a little notebook. And I, I feel like I was like telling it to one of my sisters. And she was like, that's cute. And then I came up with this course because um, rhyming is a great pre-financial lesson. And people are like, how? Because if you can rhyme or you can keep a rhythm, then you can also count. Because, you know, like, so if you can do this, then you could also say one, two, three. And if you can say the numbers, then you can start to identify the numbers. And if you can start to identify numbers, then you could start to add and subtract. And that starts to lead you toward money. So people don't sometimes understand there's like this this like pre-financial kind of like foundation that you can set to make it easier to teach the more complex financial lessons. And I think that because as a school teacher and I didn't see these books out there and I wrote this book down and I want to say five years ago, I was like, okay, it's time. It was always in the back of my head, but something said it's time. I would say something, God, it's time, you know? And I was like, ah, I'm a little busy right now. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to at least look for illustrators. So I looked for illustrators. It took me two years and I tried every illustrator you can think of and it just wasn't a fit. So I put it down. And then a year later, like a friend of mine, something she mentioned, she's like, I, th- I feel like you talked to me about a children's book. What are you doing with that? I was like, nothing. She's like, well, do you want me to help? And I was like, I guess girl, but I don't, you know, I've ran through like five, six different illustrators. It's not a fit. She's like, well, let's see. And so we, we searched for illustrators again. And then the right one came along. His name was Jazz and he was amazing. Um, but so me and Jazz worked together for a year and a half. And I realized I didn't speak illustrator that I had this thing in my mind. And although he was talented, it wasn't looking the way I felt in my heart. And so I literally one day was just like, Jazz, let's just take a break. Cause I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. It's just not getting there. It doesn't look quite right. Yeah. And it's funny how all the pieces come together because I, I bought a house with my husband. We we're renovating it. And I posted on social media, hey, looking for a designer. Can people post, like tag people below? And a friend of mine tagged her friend. Her, her friend was named uh, Rihanna. And Rihanna reached out to me. It was like, hey, you know, I currently work in the commercial space, but I'm really trying to break into residential. I see you've got a large following. I would love an exchange for... I could do the design of your house if you like, you know, help to promote my new business. And I said, okay, cute. So Rihanna and I became fast friends. Our husbands became fast. Our husbands became fast friends. They ended up moving around a corner from us. And then one day I was mentioning to Rihanna, like, oh, this children's book looks a hot mess. And she was like, what children's book? Didn't know she had her master's in all things design. It was like, oh, girl, it's only because you need to do this, 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 this. I said, uh, can you say that on record that, please? <laughs> so I connected you speak her. illustrator. Right? For real. And, and what I loved about Rihanna is that she spoke illustrator, but she also spoke like me. Layman. Yes. You know? And so she was like, I'll get on the phone with Jazz. And, and within, so we're on a video call with Jazz and he is making the adjustments live with us on the video call. And it's looking amazing within an hour. I'm like, the one page looked perfect. And I was like, girl, um, what would it look like to hire you to be the art director for this? But do you, what I, one thing I, I hope to illustrate is that just because the, you know the thing itself, like I knew I was supposed to write a children's book, but I had not met Rihanna yet. I had not mm-hmm. met Jazz yet. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're like, why isn't this thing? Girl, you're not ready. You know, that just because something was put in your heart doesn't mean you're supposed to realize it right now. It right. does mean you're supposed to do the work to be ready to realize it. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. 
Because yes. still, by the time you met Rihanna, there was something in the works. Yes. So had you not already been, as exactly. I said, giving God something to bless, right? Yes. It's just that all those pieces yes. had to come together. Yes. Divine because right time. if I had not done the work to find an illustrator before, I would not have found jazz. If I had not found jazz and started working it on my own, because it Rihanna just came through and I already knew, like I already had the book written. I already kind of like, I literally wrote out for him in stick figures. This is what I want on this page and this page. But she came and said, this is how we make it beautiful. There were things I didn't even think about, you know, that she just came. And it's honestly, the book is stunning. And I just... There are just so many little pieces along the way that I realize that sometimes you're at door one and you're wanting to get to door 10. But what you don't realize is that if by some chance God lets you skip the step to get to door 10, you can't open the door because the key was at door three. <laughs> right? You're fast self, right? And you're like, oh, so there's nothing wrong with going through the steps. Sometimes we'll rush so so quickly through something that it's like, mm-mm. It's been 15 years with happy birthday, Molly Moore. And, but it's exactly the right amount of time because let's be real. I was a preschool teacher for 10 years. Check. That's great. But then last year I got a law passed in the state of New Jersey for financial. Yes. Literacy. I was going to bring right? that up. Tell us about that real quick. So that law was three years in the making. A friend of mine who's an assembly woman, assembly woman, Angela B. McKnight. She won her seat and was like, Tiffany, I want to do a law. I want to do something with financial education. I said, there's a law already in place for high school. Let's go for middle school. So we wrote it. We submitted it. Um, it was at first rejected by the governor at the time. We waited for a new governor, submitted it again. And it was, you know, just received across the board. And so it's been a year now that middle school students are getting financial education. So now we're going to go back for elementary school students. Mm-hmm. But see, if, if I had not collected that along the way, and then I needed 10 years of being the budgetista, 10 years of teaching, 10 years of budgetista, writing this, like, you see all these things collected. Now Molly Moore can come to fruition and could do so successfully. This is how I knew I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And because my word for, for 2020 is alignment, mm-hmm. which is very similar to obedience, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is how I knew I was on my podcast and a a woman uh, wrote in um, saying, how do you, how do you do, or how do you achieve big audacious goals? And I said, well, one of the first things I do is I speak them out loud. And I said, you know, Mandy, let's do it. Let's do it as as an activity. What's your big audacious goal? She said hers. And I said, you know, mine is actually probably not what you guys think, but I've got this children's book, Happy Birthday, Molly Moore. You probably never heard, I never mentioned it before, but I could see her on TV. I could see her with merchandise, all the stuff I was saying. Forgot about it. And I want to say a week later, I get a DM in my in my Instagram DMs. Hi, my name is blank from huge, 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 huge network. That is three letters. I'm not going to say because I'm like, you never know. We still out here. But I heard about your book, Molly Moore, and I think we'd love to make it into a show. Come on. <laughs> I said, wait, first of all, I was confused. I'm like, how'd you hear about Because I forgot that I even said it on right. the show. You're like, you're like me, because we blur <laughs> things out. You get in the spirit, you blur yes. something out, and then people ask you about it. And you're like, how did she know that? Yeah. And I was oh. like, um, how did she said, I listened to Brown Ambition? I'm like, you listen to our little podcast? What? I couldn't believe. And then within two weeks, a big publishing company, just I'll say these two big, huge publishing companies reached out, said, heard about Molly Moore. Would love to make it into a show. So now I've got these three opportunities for a book sight unseen. And I mm-hmm. asked the woman from the network, 
why would you want to make something into a show? You haven't even seen the cover yet. I'm going to send it to you now so you can see it, girl, but you haven't seen it yet. She said, I don't need to see it. I see you. Oh, yes. Remember, there's a a story in the Bible where someone comes to Jesus and says, like, someone is sick. And, you know, and he's like, I don't need for you to come to heal this person that you just tell me and I know it's so and I'll go back Mm -hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like. Like, I, you know, Tiffany, I don't need to see what Molly Moore looked like. I, I just know you. Right. And I know for the last 10 years how you've been moving. So if you say it's big, I know it's big and I want to get in on it. I ended right. up obviously turning them down because I realized that, like, if you're going to offer me this, then it's worth way more than that. And I really wanted full ownership of this right. project. And it's a passion project. It's way more than, than money. I want to see how far I can take it on my own. Mm-hmm. And then talk about partnership versus someone owning the thing that I created. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I so. love that though. There's a, so there's so many lessons in here. First of all, there is, first of all, doing all you can do mm-hmm. and then standing. Yes. Right. Because you did get it as far as you could take it. Yep. Right. And then the, the next best step showed up. Yes. But that I don't always think people get that. I think a lot of people do nothing and then they just wait yes. to see what happens. But I'm always like, man, people love to come into something as well where they feel like they can improve it or add their little mm-hmm. secret sauce or special sauce to it and take it to the next level. But you people can't always get behind your not clearly articulated vision. Yes. Like what people can do is, you know, I'm always like, show them something. Mm-hmm. Like people don't have a problem supporting folks that are already moving something forward. Yes. You gotta I, be I willing say, to move forward. People want to get on a moving train. Like they yes, want to, that's like, it. Okay. You already, you already, okay, okay. This train is going somewhere. And what it really is, because someone asked me, my mentee was asking me the other day, you know, how does she know the next best step to do? I'm like, you do know. You think you don't, but the fact that you don't know means the next best step might be a Google search, girl. Come on. I mean, sometimes that's what it is. It's just like, literally when I, when I came up with the one week budget, I Googled how to market book. (laughs) And then I guess what? It was like, I remember there was some checklist I found online and I just started going on the list, like post on social media. Okay. Like that. Right. (laughs) Because it's, it's, and I, so I've been really leaning into something lately that I call my daily deposits. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so my four categories are faith, relationships, um, my goals and dreams, and um, and health and wellness, right? And so I've been asking myself, because here's the thing, my goals and dreams, I deposit all day, every day. That's just my nature, right? And my relationships, I've gotten much better, like calling my sisters, calling my mom and dad, see my niece and nephew, you know? Mm-hmm. But health and wellness, I'm like, mm, we need to do better. And and faith, I'm like, tip I need you to be in more communication with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, but so because of that, I asked myself, how did I grow the budgetista from where it is to where it was to where it is now? And I realized it wasn't these big overtures, it was these daily deposits. And so I've been really asking myself, like today, I asked myself, okay. You know, our daily deposit and goals and dreams. We got that. You are, you know, you did it. You, we doing it now, right? right. <laughs> Relationships. So my husband and I, we, we, every, every afternoon, we just talk on the phone, like while he's at work for like five, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. just to like connect, you know, 
And sometimes, like I said, I'll, I'll literally like call my sister. Like, I'm not here to talk to you. Put my niece on the phone. Mm-hmm. Put my nephew on the phone, you know? <laughs> um, well, I just roll up to their house because they live around the corner. Yeah. Um, but like faith, I'm like, well, what can, what have you deposited today? Tiffany, it doesn't have to be something major. It could just be expressing gratitude and health and wellness. Yesterday, I took a really nice walk to the park that's around the corner. Mm-hmm. But what have you done today? Like, you know, is it something that you're going to eat? But being conscious of your daily deposits, you, you cannot reap what you have not sown. Right. That's you know? what the pillars are for me, right? It's an awareness every day. And not that you can go a thousand percent in everything every single day, mm-hmm. which is what I love that you said. It's not that it has to be these huge things, but it's an awareness. Like, yes. are you aware that this exists? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you've built an extremely successful company, right? And so you know how it can go if you yes. wrap your everything into the wealth building, the money and work pillar, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you forget, oh, yes. There are all these other parts to me. Yes. Hello, that I still need to focus on. And my big thing here with redefining wealth is yes, I get that um, working is necessary. I get that money is necessary, Mm -hmm. but not at the expense of everything. Yes. And we just remember. Yes. We've had so many conversations about this over the years. Yes. I think I'd be like, I'm taking a break. Yes. Because it'd be too much. Because you and I are so similar in that you know we could do the work, it's nothing. Like you, I could now, I could work. Like, you know, I know, like I said, I bet on me all day, every day. So I'm like, okay, Tiffany, but how will success meet you? Like there are some people that success is assured. I know you're going to be successful. It's just your nature. Even if if everything were to fall down, budget needs to to burn up in flames. I'm going to be fine, girl. Success is in my nature, but how will I meet it? I want to meet it healthy, happy, whole. I always remind myself that, that Mm -hmm. girl, how will you meet success? Broken, alone? healthy, happy, whole. That's all that matters. That's I all that matters. That. I don't need to chase success. Like it is, it's, it's set aside for me. It's set yeah. aside for me. Like, you know, there's some things that are divinely set aside. And I know that already we're here now, but I want you to work on the healthy, happy, whole. That is not set aside for you, Tiffany. Like, like that, if, that has to be a deliberate choice. Yes. Every mm-hmm, day. For me, like there's some mm-hmm. people that like they're delivered. They don't have to work hard on the faith part. They don't have to work hard on the health part. They love to exercise. But for me, I know that that is something that I have to actively work on healthy, happy, whole. And that's why for, for so long, I mean, people are just hearing about like my book, Happy Birthday, Molly Moore. But the truth is it's been, I've been actively working on it daily, doing daily deposits for the last two and a half, three years. And I told myself, I, I wanted to work on it outside of the public eye mm-hmm. because I truly wanted to deposit patience and love into this project because I wanted that when you received it, you felt that because yeah. it goes to the baby, it's too important that like, I didn't want it to be like my normal Tiffany where I'm like, okay, let's look at this and let's start. No, no, no. I just want to deposit like patience, faith, love, because I, I really truly believe that that truly that you reap what you sow. So if I'm sowing that into this book, when you read it to your child, you are releasing that energy into the room with them and yourself. Mm. And I wanted to be mindful of that because there's nothing more precious than your baby. Right. Um, And and I love that a part of the whole Kickstarter is really about giving away as many books. So tell us about the Kickstarter. So you you set out to raise how much money and where did you end up? Mm-hmm. So we set out to raise thirty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and uh, about fifty five thousand is what we raised. I was like, "Yes, come on!" I mean, and so for every five thousand over the goal, I think how many books were being donated? 
an additional 200. So yeah. a thousand for 35,000, I was going to be able to donate a thousand books and to hire four financial educator, educators, teachers to write financial literacy curriculum that I can then give away to free to the community. I love that. Right. So that's, those are my two goals to give away books to babies in low income communities because they typically don't have access to quality books and having access to quality reading material at home is a critical component for success for these kids, for all kids. And like I said, I'm like, but also I felt like, what if you didn't live in New Jersey where we have this law in place for financial education? What if you're someplace else and you're like, I want my baby to learn, but I don't know how to teach them. So what if I had these certified teachers creating curriculum that you can now download and get access to for free? And so the truth is, to be all the way candid, we didn't need the thirty-five dollars to $55,000. Nah. It wasn't about that. What I wanted is for the community to, to sow into this mm. so they can then reap from it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I really wanted is I really wanted that people were like, you know, like, cause you're going to receive on the other end, but I want that there, there's a nature and an order to things that make things just that more meaningful. And so that's what I'm excited about. Like, you know, with the Kickstarter, it went above and beyond. I mean, we have over 1300 people uh, donated. And typically your average Kickstarter, you're looking at two or 300, but so many people were moved by the mission. And yeah. they're like, you know, I just, and so many people donated, like, girl, I don't even want nothing. I don't even have kids. That was me. I didn't, I don't <laughs> think I got a book. I just donated. <laughs> I love, you know, and I love that because there's just a, that's what I mean. That there's just like the circle of love because, because you've done so someone's baby is going to pick up that book and feel yeah. that love that you put in, you know? Yeah. That's what's up. I love the illustrations that I've seen from the pages that I could see on the mm-hmm. Kickstarter page. Who was the inspiration for Molly Moore? So I have a bonus baby. Her name is Alyssa, my stepdaughter. And she is just as chocolate as she want to be. And just chunky when she was little. I really wanted Molly Moore to look like a, a real kid, you know, mm-hmm. not just like chunky and and chocolate. She's got like, if she's got that 4C hair girl, like that's how I look when I was coming up. <laughs> so if you, if you zoom in close, you're like, oh, look at these beautiful kinks. I love it's, it. It's actually, it's really beautiful. You know, but and wait, I wanted so to. So you're the mom though. I'm yes, like, I'm the mom. Clearly, this is clearly Tiffany and Sue. Yeah, well, it's like, but I was like, you know, if you can make the mom look a little closer to Gabrielle Union, I'll take that. <laughs> mix of me and Gabrielle that's what the mom looked like and then my husband definitely is the um the, the dad, inspiration but, for the dad, for the dad. Mm-hmm. and then my nephew's inspiration for the for her brother for Malcolm, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And what, so, I, what I also liked was the theme song how did you end up with a theme song already look at God okay first of all I was on a podcast and I was talking about Molly Moore and a woman um oh what is her name um but she was driving and she said she was so moved she pulled to the side of the road and because she's she's a she's an artist and wrote down the theme song, and then she she posted it on her Instagram and and tagged me. It was like I was so moved by listening to Tiffany on the Friend Zone podcast about Molly Moore, and like all that it means. And so I wrote this song, and it's the most adorable song. I loved it. I watched it twice on the yes. Kickstarter page. Is that like, is that what a ukulele is? Yes, it's like that's a ukulele. ukulele. <laughs> I was like, how she get a whole ukulele theme song? This is amazing. But that's because like, that's what I mean about like really planting the seeds of love because she felt that and it moved her to create this song. So it's just, it's just to me, Molly in this whole process has really taught me like the power and the importance of intention when you're creating something, because Mm. it's really what people are going to feel because she was so moved, 
you know, the production company was so moved. That big network was so moved. Everyone is so moved. And so it's so important that what you embed in the things that you create really is, is coming from the best that's in you. I don't, I don't work uninspired. I'm not able to. Girl, let me tell you, I talk about this all the time in my uh, Purpose to Platform group, that you need to approach things with a pure heart and the right intentions. And people can sniff out the wrong intentions. Mm -hmm. And if they can, shame on them, pray for Mm -hmm. wisdom and discernment. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of people can sniff out when it's just not from a genuine place. It's not Mm -hmm. from a real place. Like I've been there where people have, offered to help. Right. And I could feel that that would come with a, attachments. Yes. Right. Like, mm, do you want to help because you genuinely mm-hmm. have love for what I do and what's going on here? Or because you want to be able to tell me two weeks from now, remember when I helped you now, yes. don't forget when I helped you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the same thing in business, when you were just pushing things out there to say that you pushed it out there mm-hmm. and my father-in-law used to say, um, don't do business with desperate people. Mm. You're always going to pay for it. Ooh. You're yes. always going to pay for it in some form or fashion. I love that. And it's really, I love that you said you don't do uninspired work. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you're if you're at a nine to five and you have to do what you have to do, this yeah. may not as, apply in the same way. But for many of you who are entrepreneurial, that's what Chase Purpose Not Money is. Yeah. Seek, seek projects, seek business opportunities or whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing that truly are in alignment with who you are, with what fires you up, with what Mm -hmm. gives you energy. Because anytime you say I'm doing something because I have to, that's going to end up being a problem. And even, even in your nine to five. So like for me, when I was a teacher, that was inspired work. Yes. You know, even when the baby used to poop and pee on themselves, I'm like, again, Jaheem. Okay. Right. Look, where is this Jaheem at? You need to see him. He's probably like 20, 20, I know, 20 years old. Like, okay, okay, Miss Tiffany. I was, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> but, right. But even like I see my husband. So my husband is a super, mm-hmm. right? He manages 300 units for the city of Newark. And when I, when he talks about his job, it took me a while to real. Cause I was like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to do this so we can retire my baby. Right. And, but when he talks about his job, and he talks about how much he loves helping the seniors that are in the building mm-hmm. and how much like, you know, that he loves figuring out there's all this problem solving. Like, you know, such as I said, we couldn't fix this door, but I, I figured it out. And I realized, girl, you think like you have the monopoly on being inspired because what yeah. you do, this man, you know, he, yes, in this way, because he one really loves helping people and two has this problem solving desire. So he loves when something's a little bit complicated, he can figure it out. So even in what you do now, find the find the inspiration in what you do now. You might not love all the things because I don't love all the things. I hate email. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, so I don't love every aspect of my Ditto. business, you know, but finding the inspiration of what you do, is there, is there a place where you can be of service? Maybe it's, you have a great work mom that you really lean into at work. Maybe there's a mentee that you can really help out there. there you should, I, I want everyone to live at least some of their life inspired. Yeah. I love that. I mean, and that's all the same. It's like allowing these different things to, to, create that fulfillment because when that is just not there, when, when what you are doing, I believe day in and day out is just void of that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have a problem. Like I believe that that's what leads people to mismanage finances yes. overwhelmingly is that you're trying to fill a void with stuff or buying people or 
oh, I'm window shopping. I'm surfing online. Like now you're at your job doing stuff you ain't supposed to be doing <laughs> on these people's computers. Um, you know, but <laughs> on Al Gore's internet. <laughs> <laughs> we so old. Like, <laughs> Um, Well, I am just so excited for this project. How do people still get involved? So Kickstarter is over, but now we're in full-fledged Happy Birthday, Molly Moore. So how do people still get involved? So you can get your copy of the book at mollymore.com. That's M-A-L-I-M-O-R-E. So M-A-L-I-M-O-R-E.com. So I don't know if by now, if there's going to be financial curriculum up, but we are, look at another blessing that I was blessed with. A woman who was, you've heard of WordPress, the website. So a woman, her name is Naomi, and she was one of the original coders for the WordPress website. So much so that her name is in the original code behind the scenes, right? And so she reached out to me on the Kickstarter platform and said, I love what you're doing. I see you have a line item here set aside to pay someone to do the website. I will get that to you. So you can use that money to- Can you imagine? So I'm getting a WordPress- like the coder who helped to create WordPress to do our site. And that's what I mean about just like pouring that love in people feel yeah. it and come forth. And so Naomi is like, dream big about what you want. Cause I can literally do anything. I've been coding for 20 years, girl, what you want, you know? Wow. And, mm-hmm, and so it just, yeah. So I say all that to say that, yes, that, that doing the work, but doing the inspired work can then inspire other people. But yes, uh, mollymore.com. Um, but I do want to share like maybe the synopsis of the book so people can get an understanding yeah. of what free yeah. financial education looks like. So it's Molly's birthday. She's super excited. She's getting her hair done, getting dressed. She's, you know, old school, having a birthday party at the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? None of this jump zone or whatever the young parents are doing these days. It's like right at the house. <laughs> And so um, as her family and friends start coming, she's excited at first for them to come. And then she starts to realize that the gifts start piling up. And then her attention turns from the excitement toward family and friends to excitement toward gifts. Uh-huh. And it gives parents the opportunity to count the gifts, talk about the gifts. Like I, I, I lay them out so you can see them. There's even a chorus that, that plays several times throughout the book that it goes, each time a new guest comes to the door, more says Molly, more, more, more. And then it it kind of hits its peak when there's no room for anyone to sit. So everyone goes outside to enjoy the backyard and hang out. And it was time to blow out her candles and Molly's there by herself. And she starts to realize like, oh, what does more really mean? Do I need all of these things? There's not enough room for family and friends. So she decides to donate some of her gifts. And she realized uh-huh. that what really truly means more is family, friends, loved ones, but there's counting, there's rhyming, there's all this basis of a pre-financial literacy education. And at the back of every book, this is the first of hopefully many, at the back of every book, I this book in particular, I have extend the lesson questions. So when I was a preschool teacher, I knew how to extend the lesson through specific questions. So I give them to you and extend the lesson activities. So you as a parent or an educator or grandma, grandpa, whoever can also extend the lesson through these interactive activities you can do with your, with the child you're reading to. And so I'm just so proud of it. You know, it's just, it's the thing I'm telling you, like there are, when you are in alignment, there are moments when you know, for sure. Right. Absolutely. I knew for sure about the budget Nista. Well, not really the budget needs to in general. I knew for sure about the one week budget. I remember when that book came out, 
I was still teaching preschool when I was um when I wrote that book. And I something said, this book is going to make you wealthy. I assumed I was going to sell enough to be wealthy. Then you learn the truth about books like, mm-mm. <laughs> But it was the catalyst for everything else right, that has right. brought me here. Where I'm like, oh, God, I see your time. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then my literature challenge, you know, those are the free challenges I've been doing every year. And something said, mm, this challenge is going to elevate you to the next level with your community. And sure enough, I think I started off when I started my first literature challenge. We were 2,500 deep and now we're over 800,000 deep. Man. Right. But I knew, even though I had no money, no connections, I knew. And then here comes Molly Moore. Combine the one week budget, the budget Nista, my online school, the literature academy, combine all of that times, times 10 exit. Molly Moore still feels stronger than all of those things. Wow. I mean, when I tell you, I've never felt stronger about it. And, and I don't know, I'm not saying I don't know where it comes from. I know it's the divine source, but it's, mm-hmm. it honestly, it's kind of scary because I'm like, well, I was how? just going to say, is it scary? It is a little bit because, well, a little bit and no, because one, I'm like, well, you ain't letting me wrong yet. But at the yeah. same time, I don't see how, mm-hmm. because I've never written a children's book before professionally. And then what does that even mean? But one thing I know for sure is that the thing is assured the, the way I, I don't have a, like, I don't know how we're going to reach your, it could be five months. It could be five years. It could be when I'm long gone. That's one thing I've learned is that, that if you're really clear about the end vision, that thing is so, but I just yeah. don't know how we're going to reach it. You know, and I don't get a say on that. Honestly, I'm just right. here to do the work and to plant as many seeds as I can. That's it. It's, I'm here to be what? Obedient. Right. In alignment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you just pray that some crumbs fall my way. Like, okay, you know, but it might not. But I've right. learned to, it, it, it might not. And I have to be okay with that. It might be that it's my, it's Alyssa, you know, my bonus baby. It's her that when I'm not here, she takes it to the next level. I don't right. know, but I, but I do know for sure that, I mean, when I say the kind of money that I spent on Molly Moore from trademarking everything, like, the illustrate, I mean, it, it, it honestly, it, it doesn't make sense because I'm not someone who's, I don't spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like I'm truly the budgetista, but the kind of investment I've made, it doesn't make sense. But I am so clear and so sure a, a huge um, book publishing company reached out and said, we want to buy Molly Moore. They just saw my Instagram post and they offered me $25,000. And I was like, bruh. No. Right. Do you know what it's taking already to get to yeah, this? And not just that, but I was like, I got a, I got a Kickstarter coming out that I'm pretty right. sure going to make its goal. And sure enough, it has times two. So twice as much as you were going to give me to take this book and live your best life is what the audience has given me. And so I am so, when I tell you I'm so sure, like mark this day, I don't know what it is, but when I think of Molly Moore, I see Dora. Yeah, you know, I do. I see like that. I was going to ask you too, if you see hair love. Like what you just described, yes. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, you could do the little, the short, mm-hmm. the short and um, really illustrate that and bring mm-hmm. it to life. Like there's so many opportunities. So many. I, I don't see that, that song, the Molly Moore. I already, I already contacted the young woman who did the, um, the, the theme song and that she's actually, look how God works. She's actually coming in May to New York. She lives in Chicago. So I said, well, girl, we're going to get you in the studio. And yeah. I would love that song. I would love to purchase it from you. And then I'm going to get an illustrator to do like an illustration to the song. Let's crack that open, you know? Mm-hmm. This is exciting. I'm yeah. ex- I know we're all, I know everyone listening now is like, ooh, <laughs> let me follow. Let me follow the journey. But I love that 
it's such a testament to just being faithful and being committed to the vision because mm-hmm. I know when the illustrations weren't working out or when you were just kind of like, mm, I don't know. I know there's so many things even that you haven't shared. And then there's life, there's personal life that yes. comes up in the midst of all of this other stuff that makes you go like, God, am I even doing what I'm supposed to do? Mm-hmm. But it's like you said with the budget Nista, and I so, I so connect with this is that there's that one voice that's like, are you even doing what you're supposed to do? Is this too much? Have you gone too far? Are you overdoing mm-hmm. it? Or, you know, and then there's that other voice that's like, Keep going. Yep. This is definitely yes. your time. Yes. I've given you everything you need to succeed. I've given you everything you need to succeed. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about watching everything that happens with Molly Moore. I didn't ask for a book because I was like, I'll just buy books when they come out again. Boy, I'm going to send you a book. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'll just buy books when they come out. But I'm so excited. I'm so, so, so like, financially sister proud of everything that you've created from Budget Nista to the challenge, to the Academy, to Molly Moore and everything else that God has for you. And just personally, because in the midst of all of this, you've gotten married Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and built your team (laughs) and stuff. And I'm just so proud. Thank you. I'm just so like genuinely happy. I cannot wait. It's just been a like it, it's been such a journey. And I think I I just I'm hoping for everyone listening to understand that like the journey and the dream are one and the same that that don't don't sideline all things for this end goal because you might reach and be like, it's not even that cute here. <laughs> so I'm I'm saying this because I'm speaking to myself because I'm mindful that like like you know, remember my my four like com- mm-hmm. my four pillars, right? I'm like, all right, girl, how we gonna meet it? Healthy, happy yeah. home. Like let's okay. let's enjoy, let's enjoy this this journey. I get it that you know you want this to happen and this to happen, this to, but you might find like we talked earlier about a, a book I have coming out that you're like, oh, I could see it on the New York Times bestsellers list, but that's cute. But I want to make sure that along the way that I'm seeing my nieces and my nephew, I'm calling my friends, I'm hanging out with my mama and my dad, you know what I mean? And like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm maintaining a a healthy lifestyle. I'm eating better because I, even if I'm never on those things, it hit me the other day, a friend was, was describing like some health guru to me and she's like, you know, such and such. I'm like, no, he be on such and such. No, he has like, he sold like 12 million books. No. So she's describing, and I Googled, I'm like, how come I never heard this fitness guru? And then it hit me, girl, all of this he's accomplished. And I'm like, I don't know him. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can do all the things. There's somewhere, some Beyonce had this documentary where she was meeting these dancers that she had seen them dance on um, YouTube, but couldn't quite mimic their like foot movements. So she flew them out, you know, to like actually teach mm-hmm. her. And when she met them, they were like, hi. And she's like, oh, I'm Beyonce. They're like, how do you say your name? Beyonce? I, <laughs> I, I loved it. And she looked at the camera and started laughing because even Beyonce gets asked, who are you again? Uh-huh. And so like, I don't want to build this life where, you know, you're building this life for this kind of external applause and it doesn't add up to anything because right. I don't care how big you get. Someone's going to say, who are Who's you? Your name is? Who's your name is? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because if I'm having a heart attack, like in a, in a theater and Oprah's there, President Obama's there, um, you know, Beyonce's there and uh, a doctor from Irvington, New Jersey, um, bring me the doctor from Irvington, James. Excuse right. me. Because <laughs> like you, we are all situationally important. That's what I yeah. call it. You know, like your, your baby does not care that Oprah's in the room. She cares that you are in the room. 
You know, right. your your brother is happy to see you. Yes, it would be great if some other superstar was there, but if he hasn't seen you in 10 years, his excitement is for you. So to just remember that on your journey, not to place that above all else. I feel like social media has kind of, I won't say poisoned us, but like positioned us to 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 think that that means more than what's hap- actually happening in real right. life then. Yeah, healthy, happy, whole, and we are all situationally important. Yeah. And ultimately for me, I do, I do just care about what's the impact I've made. Yes. It's not what the, what dinners did I go to, you know, which is why I, you know, I always say I'd be at home by myself. Like I don't bother people <laughs> stay at home. I'm on my business. I go out and work and do my thing. And then I'm back home to mind your business some more, to yeah. mind my business some more <laughs> to just stay hydrated, yes. pray a lot. Like I, like I, I'm not concerned with being known, Mm -hmm. but you become more known. But for me, it's because of the impact. Yes. Not for the sake of just being known. Yes. Because I want to say the first year, I definitely was working toward knownness. And I was at my brokest. Um, (laughs) And I realized like, oh, no, 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 pay this bills out. (laughs) And then after that, I was like, girl, you have to be in alignment with service. You you said when you were 21, you wanted to live a life of service. We need to return back to that. Mm-hmm. You are created to be a teacher. You need to align back with that. The moment you step outside that track, then God's like, oh, well, good luck to you, girl. Right. You know, and fun so, over there. <laughs> by yourself, working, right. try to work through it. And so for me, I just know as long as I'm teaching and I'm in I'm service, all the other things will come. I don't, I don't, I don't get to decide the output, but I do get to decide my input. Yeah. Oh. That was a word. Um, okay, before I let you go, I have to ask you some redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. Okay. I'm like, Just tell us the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> She's so funny. I wish you guys could see this. This mental preparation going on here. All right. How do you define success? Freedom. How do you define wealth in three words or less? In service to others. That was too many words. Service to others. Thank you. Follow the rules. (laughs) (laughs) What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Definitely The Alchemist. Yeah, by Paolo Coelho. Yes. Awesome. Fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Tiffany Aliche, better known as The Budgetista. And for me, the truth about wealth is how much you truly can help other people. That you will never, ever die if you have poured into someone else. Because through them, you will continuously live. Do you know I just told my daughter that on Saturday? You did? We literally just had, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We were driving and I told her. The thing that she asked me something and I was like, well, the thing that always really makes me happy is knowing that at this point, if I never did anything else, I have hundreds of episodes. I have thousands of interviews. I have the books that I've written. Mm -hmm. And I know that my life and my my work and my legacy will live on through the people I've impacted. And, you know, I I know that there's more, but, you know that that more than enough yes yeah that's honestly it's the to me it's the reason why I love being a teacher because there are literally hundreds of kids out there that can read because Miss Tiffany taught them mm-hmm. and if you can read and you can get a job you can get a job you can support your family you can support your family you can you see what I mean yeah even if yeah. it's something as simple as I taught Sarah how to tie her shoe 
and now Sarah is teaching her baby how to tie their shoe. Like yeah. I lived through on through that shoe tying. And so <laughs> I honestly, I love that's teaching for me that that's what I love about teaching because it's you get to plant seeds that will forever bear fruit even long after you're gone. Yeah, you know? that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, I'm so glad I finally got I know. <laughs> Long time coming. <laughs> I know. This was amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Didn't I tell you that would be such a great conversation? I hope you could hear how much fun we had. And what you don't know is we talked for I don't know how long before we hit record and then much longer after we stopped recording. So such a great evening with my girl, Tiffany, shout out to you. Thank you for what you do, what you've added to this space. And I hope something that you really take away is just to be patient with that middle part. Um, You know, I love that she talked about from door number one to door number 10 and how if we just skip steps, we realize that the keys to our success may have been planted in some of the previous doors, door number three, number five, number seven. And I hope that just encourages you. I know right now there is so much going on in the world. We feel like so many things have been delayed and some of us have internalized that as a denial. But I wanna just encourage you again that you're going to be exposed to some things. You're going to have some experiences. You're gonna meet new people along the way and everything you experience in the middle will contribute to how you get to that end successfully. If the time has not come, the time has not come. But trust in the meantime, that as long as you keep doing your part, giving God something to bless, doing doing your work, that it's all going to come together for your good. Please don't give up because I'm sure you have a message that the world needs. You have a product, you have a service. There's something that's needed from you, but perhaps it's just not ready to be realized. And when the season comes for it to be realized, you will know those God winks will be everywhere and people will come out of the woodworks to support you. I truly believe that. And speaking of support, let's make sure that we support Tiffany and this happy birthday, Molly Moore. If you'd like a copy, well, let me say this. You need to get a copy, whether you have children or not sure that there's a child somewhere around that you can bless. So happy birthday, mollymore.com. Molly is M-A-L-I. So happy birthday, Molly Moore, M-O-R-E.com. Get a book, bless a child with it, bless a few children with it. And make sure you tell Tiffany that you found her on the Redefining Wealth podcast. You can find her pretty much everywhere under the budget Mista. Instagram, Facebook, she's not hard to find. Give her a Google. You'll find tons of stuff about Tiffany. Make sure you let her know that you're a purpose chaser. And that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.